Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. Well, welcome once again. Follow your yellow brick road. As I said last Saturday, Saturday before last, I got back from Unity Village and I did my third week of what's called the intensive path to become an LUT. And that is, that completes all of my classes, 37 to be complete, to be uh, <laughs> just a note. Uh, the only thing I have left to do now is I, I got to do some practicum work and I've got to go take what's called a skills demonstration seminar and then I'm done, hooray! Sort of. <laughs> Let me explain to you about the sort of part. You see, as it turns out, Unity has this policy, this little rule in place that's always been in place, but they've never really enforced it. Now all of a sudden, they want to try to enforce it. And the rule is that anybody who's in the position of spiritual leader at any church, even if you are an LUT, you must be enrolled into some sort of ministry ordination path. <laughs> and so, there's a lot of clamoring about that, obviously, because so many little churches are run by licensed unity teachers. And so, I mean, you know, small churches, I don't know if they can afford all that stuff, but, you know, it'll, it'll all work out somehow or another. The point is that here I was thinking, all right, I could take a break from classes. And all of a sudden, my little GPS system comes on and says, in 1.5 miles, take the right exit to become an ordained minister. Okay, that. <laughs> the thing is, that was my intention in the first place. Was, and then I kind of settled into the idea of becoming a licensed unity teacher. So maybe the intention was, uh, is going to hold out after all. The point is that it looks like there's a new road ahead of me very, very soon. And that's actually true for all of us. There are new opportunities, new roads that open up all the time. Sometimes they look like challenges or problems. But if you take it from the angle of it being an opportunity, then that's what it becomes, an opportunity. And that's what I'm going to do. So the opportunity presented itself for me to do a lesson about the Wizard of Oz. And the truth is, I've been wanting to do this for more than five years, I think. I just wanted to do about, talk about the Wizard of Oz. And so this became a time to do that. The Wizard of Oz is very well ingrained in our culture. We all know it. We have terms or phrases that we use from it all the time, like, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. We always use that one. And of course, the classic, there's no place like home. That's a big one. And then there's the major, big, huge idea of wanting to be able to go home. That, it's, that just really rings true to our soul somehow or another. And of course, that idea for us is a metaphysical interpretation would be that everything is together. Everything is one. So we really can't really be afar, apart from home, per se. But perception-wise, well, that's a horse of a different color, as that quote also says from that movie. And we can feel separate. It is possible 
through our power of creation and free will to believe that we are separate from God. But in reality, that is not even possible because as we say all the time, God is everywhere present. Where are you going to go? As the psalm says, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. So anywhere I could possibly ever go, God is there. So we're not separate, really. But we sure can be. So, or appear to be. So one time after I started coming to Unity, and I was watching The Wizard of Oz for the umpteenth time, basically, I suddenly saw it differently. Unity thoughts started creeping into my mind, and I said, this kind of looks like a metaphor for our spiritual journey. In fact, it kind of resembles a little bit the prodigal son because there was a home and then you go to some other faraway land or something. And then I thought, well, actually, Unity says, takes it even a step further and says the entire Bible is basically representative of our spiritual journey where we come to a foreign land and go through all these adventures, some which are pretty positive and maybe some that are not so positive, and eventually return home some way, shape, or form. Of course, uh, traditionally, we've always thought about going home, but as I said, we're not really separate from it, so you don't really go home. I think in our new mindset of being in the moment, in the moment all the time, then the idea really is that you don't really go anywhere, you find that which is already here in your moment. So that's the idea. And from that perspective, life becomes a journey and not a destination. And at the end of the story of The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy finds this out. But she has to learn it for herself. So when I saw that, that show, the movie, that, that one time, I said, who wrote this anyway? And what was this person thinking? And I looked it up, and it was L. Frank Baum. And I said, wow. And then I found, they said, he, was a he and his wife were devout theosophists. And I said, I know what that is. I had just come across it recently, and I had looked it up. Theosophy, if you break up the word, theo is, of course, God, like theology. And, and Sophia is wisdom. So theosophy is the wisdom of God. And the thing about theosophy, it, it was kind of born in the same time span in the 1800s as Unity was, and by a woman, although she was a Russian woman, Madame Blavatsky, I believe was her name. And so I thought, well, maybe that's what he was trying to tell us. He was trying to give us another view of uh, life, but use the story of the Wizard of Oz to do it. And it really worked because, boy, we just, we see it all the time. So I'm going to take that angle of a metaphysical view of the, of the spirit of uh, Wizard of Oz and interject some of what we call in Unity the 12 powers. We have in Unity something we call 12 powers, which are the 12 characteristics, gifts from God, whatever it is that you want to call it, and see how, what the story looks like from that angle. Because if the story is about us, then it has characters that represent us, characteristics that, char that represents us and what we are, and even some shortcomings that we are sometimes. For example, how many times, and this is a recurring thought or saying in the movie, how many times have you said, you know, things would be so much different if I only had a 
fill in the blank, right? So this story really, really hits home for everybody. And of course, that idea is a lack consciousness, we call it unity, a lack mentality, a lack consciousness. So let's look at the story. In the beginning, it starts with our protagonist, Dorothy, and her little dog, Toto. And things, they're having some issues. Things aren't going all that well for her. She's kind of in the way in a lot of senses. And, and so her aunt tells her, Dorothy, why don't you go find somewhere where you won't be in the way? And uh, she breaks out into the song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, because she thinks, well, if there is such a place, then it must be far away, because surely it can't be anywhere near here, because I've never seen it. So Dorothy represents, in the 12 powers, what you would call zeal. And zeal is that which calls us into action. And she is constantly being called into action throughout the whole movie. So I put the definition of zeal and an affirmation, and it says this. Zeal is the ability to be enthusiastic, be passionate, and go forward to achieve my purpose. And that was her purpose. The affirmation is, I enthusiastically accept my good and go forward to achieve my purpose. Dorothy is a doer. And she does the entire story. She's doing, doing, doing. And it begins by going after her dog. She goes and grabs her dog because I guess he's gotten taken away from her something. I forgot how it goes. I had to look at some of the clips because I hadn't seen it in a while. And when she gets back, there's a tornado coming. So tornadoes, of course, would represent something that's tumultuous in our, in our lives, have something big happening. She can't get into the cellar, so she goes inside the house. And then she's lifted up by, by the tornado. And then she lands. She lands in another place. She is in another location. And, and doing so, she unwittingly lands on one of the wicked witches. And so from the perspective of 12 powers, you might say, well, that's the power of elimination. Because the ability, elimination is the ability to release, remove, denounce, deny, let go. And the, and the affirmation is, I, realize, I release anything and everything that no longer serves my unfolding good. So as a result of that elimination, she receives a pair of ruby slippers. But she's told, do not ever take them off. Because if you do, you will fall under the spell or you will be subject to the other wicked witch. Now, this is the first of many references to something having power in the external world. The slippers now have power. And see, this is where Frank, I think, is throwing his theosophy on us and stuff, because he's telling us what we say is that the power is not outside of us. The power is inside of us. And that's a recurring theme. So she asked the witch, the good witch shows up, and she tells her, you know, I want to go home. How can I do it? And she said, well, you're going to have to go and see the wizard. And well, how did I get there? You got to follow that yellow brick road. And she said, well, I'll do it, because she's a doer. She takes off. And through the power of strength and zeal, she begins her journey to the Emerald City. Now, real soon into the journey, she hits 
a fork in the road, the proverbial fork in the road. How, what direction should I go? And there at the fork is a scarecrow. And the scarecrow starts talking to her. And he starts telling her that things aren't going all that hunky-dory for him either. And on top of that, he says, I don't have a brain. And she says, well, if you don't have a brain, how do you talk? And he says, oh, plenty of people without brains do a lot of talking. <laughs> now, can we relate to that? I am not going to mention any names today. <laughs> Yes, sir, Bob. <laughs> and on top of that, he's not very good at doing his job. He's not very good at scaring crows, which is presumably what his job is. Now, we can relate to that, too. Sometimes we find ourselves in predicaments where we say, you know, this is really doesn't feel like what I should be doing. Anyway, the scarecrow represents our innate wisdom our innate wisdom in the 12 powers. And wisdom is the ability to evaluate, discern, apply what you know. And the affirmation is, I am guided by divine wisdom in every thought, word, and action. So now we have zeal and wisdom on the road to Emerald City. Interesting, and they keep on going. Next along the road, they meet another character. And this is the character of the Tin Man. And the Tin Man represents love, or actually the, the lack of it, the mental lack mentality of lack of love. But it's the power of love. Because he said, if I only had a heart. And love, it says in the 12 powers, is the ability to attract, unify, and desire. The affirmation is, I am, radi I am a radiating center of love. Of course, we all know that we all have hearts, and even the Tin Man had a heart. But what happened to him? He was rusty. Now, why was he rusty? You think about why he would be rusty. Maybe he's rusty because, and maybe we're rusty, because we're not expressing the love that we should. And when we don't, we become rusty. So are you catching on how this story is about us? So now, he joins the, the journey. And we have zeal, wisdom, and love together on this journey. And they continue on through a dark forest. And what is a dark forest? It's a place where it has doubts and fears it is a place where through the power of imagination, we can create both positive and negative things. We can create many things like lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And they do. Imagination, the ability to image, picture, conceptualize, envision, dream. The affirmation is I envision good unfolding in every, every area of my life. So the dark forest represents for them the possibility of these negative things. And out comes a lion. What happens? The lion is just as cocky as he can be. He wants to take on everybody. He says, one, I'll fight you with one hand behind my back. I'll fight you standing on one foot. 
You know, he's just... <laughs> but then, but then, when he tries to go after Toto, Dorothy jumps in. The doer jumps in, slaps him, and all of a sudden, this threat that seemed like a big threat really turns out to be a cowardly lion. And he's not a threat at all. Dorothy saw beyond the appearance. Now, the lion represents the 12 powers of strength. Strength is the ability to endure, stay the course, persevere. I have the strength to accomplish all that is mine to do, says the affirmation. Dorothy demonstrates this truth by seeing beyond the appearance. The lion joins them in their journey because they are all in search of something that they believe they do not have. It's out there somewhere, so they're in search of an external answers. Isn't that what we do? Of course it is. It's exactly what we do. Frank, but Frank knew what he was talking about. He knew why he wrote this story, and I knew it. So now we have zeal, wisdom, love, and strength together on this journey. The adventure continues, and they arrive at the Emerald City and meet the wizard for the first time. He scares them with his big, resounding voice. I am the wizard, and all that stuff, you know? And, and then, but he finally, you know, but Dorothy steps in and says, you know, we come here in good faith, or whatever the words were, you know, we were asking for something, and, and here you are, you know, talking to us like this and stuff. You should be ashamed of yourself. And Dorothy the doer jumps back in again. And then the wizard tells him, okay, okay, okay. I was going to grant you this stuff, but before I do, I need one thing from you. Yeah, and what is that? I need the broom from the wicked witch. Oh, boy. Now, see, this is really confronting our fears, this episode. You might even call this what's been called the dark night of the soul because this is going to be a real challenge for them to go and take away this broom from this woman who has power. They get locked into her castle. And, and then her, she, and her little monkeys, and, and all this represents these negative thoughts that are in our heads, that are chasing us around. Because metaphysically, a castle or any building is a state of consciousness. So this represents that state of consciousness in, when we, in which we allow negativity to rule our lives almost. And she has to battle it. So when she goes to try to, to extinguish the, the scarecrow by setting him on fire, Zeal jumps into action once again, grabs a pail, throws it at the scarecrow, but inadvertently hits the witch as well and she melts away. She disappears. She confronted her fears, and the fears disappeared. And the other smaller fears that she had around her, well, now all of a sudden, they became friendly. So she conquered her fears. It was very interesting. So the witch kind of represents the impetus for the lack, for the feelings of lack and limitation that we harbor sometimes in our minds. And she snuffed it out. She grabs the broom, and they go back to the wizard. And they say, we brought you the broom. And interestingly enough, 
He doesn't even acknowledge it. It's like, so the point was that it wasn't about getting a broom. It was about confronting her fears. That was the whole journey about that part of it. That's very interesting. So the broom had no power, no power at all. Now, there's one other character in the story that I've very, not, not mentioned very much, but he's central to the story, very central, and that is Toto. So I got to thinking, Toto was, was what caused her to always step up and move and act. She did it to go get him in the beginning. She did it when the lion tried to attack him. She did it over and over and over. And Toto's not a, character, not a person. He doesn't have a speaking part, nothing. So I, I don't know what to make of Toto metaphysically. I have to ask Charles Fillmore, what is Toto? I don't think I can come up with maybe it was faith. Or maybe, maybe he's the Holy Spirit because he's the one driving the whole show. Everything she does is because of Toto to protect him, to, to value him. It's very interesting, the character of Toto. And then in the end, in the very end, when the wizard is going to take her back to Kansas, they're already in the balloon. And then Toto jumps out, follows some cat, and she gets off the thing again to go get Toto, because Toto's the one driving the whole show, obviously. And, and then the balloon takes off, and she misses her ride back to Kansas. And she's all bummed out, because once again, her focus is still on the external, on finding a way back home, an external place. And then the good witch shows up. And the witch tells her something very strange. She says, you could have gone home any time you wanted to. And the scarecrow says, Mr. Wisdom, right, says, well, if that's true, then why didn't you tell her before? And she says, because she would not have believed me. See, we have to have the, that's what I always say, no one can learn to swim for you. You must learn to swim for yourself. No one can save you. You must save yourself. You are your own savior. And the point of the entire story is the idea that whatever it is that you need is not outside of you. It is inside of you. And she finally has this realization. But she had to learn it for herself. She became aware that we are, as we say in unity, spiritual beings having a human experience. And you might say that that, that little trip to the land of Oz was having a human experience because she went through a lot of things that were very human in a lot of ways. The fear, the doubts, all these stuff. But ultimately, she finds her way back home and what do we say in unity home is, it's not a place. So once again, we, that idea that it's not a place to go to. It is a state of consciousness. And that state of consciousness has always been and always will be. It is a matter of us tuning into that state of consciousness. That's how we go home. And when we learn this, then we can be home anytime we want. That's the story of the Wizard of Oz. When we to understand this,
we too will return home. I'm going to leave you with this affirmation. And I want you to repeat it with me. I'll do it in parts. I affirm that I have the zeal and the wisdom and the strength and the love and the faith to take on any road, any challenge, any opportunity that presents itself before me. Follow your yellow brick road.